0: Hey y'all, I'm Joe Tower and you're listening to Tales of Male Folly, a storytelling podcast based on the Los Angeles live show of the same name. The live show features a lineup of four performers, all male, telling true stories that put the embarrassment and shame back into being a man. Each episode of this podcast will feature one new story by one new storyteller, recorded live at one of our past shows and presented to you here and now as is. I promise what you're about to hear is totally unedited and unfucked with. If you're ever in the LA area, you should check out our website, talesofmalefolly.com for more info as well as upcoming event dates and times. You can also find us on Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. You can't find us on Twitter because, well, fuck Twitter. All right, enough small talk. Let's get on with the folly. The only thing you need to know about Mark Sitko is that he's a force of nature. He's a theater director and playwright, a commercial director and producer, and the artistic director of Barker Room Rep, LA's newest and baddest-ass indie theater company. He's also a new dad and a die-hard Philadelphia Eagles fan. This last May, the theme of our live show at the Virgil was Father Knows Best, and we hosted a hefty lineup of heavy hitters who took us through male folly associated with fatherhood. But when Mark took the mic, his fatherhood, as he put it, too new to address. He took a radical departure and instead horrified the audience with a tale of male Male folly that captures male folly at its male folliest in his 20s in a bachelor pad in New York City. Sit back, relax, and get ready to shudder at the infestation in Mark Sitko's tale of male folly.
1: Hey, how's everybody doing? Thank you so much, everyone, so far, sharing your stories. That is fucking awesome. Joe has been killing it tonight. Thank you so much, just for those guys. <laughs> just like so, so inspiring. So, My dad calls me a socialist, Uh, and I get it. He's like, I'm farther left than a Democrat, and he's like a capitalist Republican, and so that's like his worst word he can like call me. And I now have my son, and my biggest fear, other than, as these other dads will attest to, killing my son somehow, my biggest fear is that he will swing as far away from me as I have swung from my father. And I can't imagine going any further radical left. So I'm assuming that means going the other way. And yeah, but he's only nine months old. So like he hasn't found Breitbart and he's not like into the deep state shit yet. (laughs) And like, you know, it just hasn't happened. I, I don't know. I haven't fucked it up in that way yet. It's too early. So when Joe asked me to do this, I'm like, yeah, I just haven't, my son isn't even talking yet. I really haven't, he hasn't asked me why, as these other gentlemen pointed out so vividly and scared the shit out of me. Um, My son doesn't ask why yet. So I started to think back, what's the last, before I became a mature married man, what's the last stupid fucking bachelor thing I did? Just a series of fuck-ups that led me to a really bad situation. And this story came to mind. So like any tale of folly's kind of story, male folly, it should start with a woman leaving me, right? So I was living in New York City. I had been there from 2005 to about 2014. This is around 2008. And I'm dating this woman, and she doesn't want to be on the pill. So we go to a, like, teacher who, like, gives a class over a week where you learn by, like, taking your temperature and actually looking in your vagina and seeing if the cervix is open or not, if, like, when you should have sex. And people take the class to get pregnant, but everyone there was taking it not to get pregnant. And so we were all just taking this class to, like, avoid this thing, as Joe was talking about. And in that experience, I realized I didn't want to have a kid with this woman. Um, just some... I don't know how that... Yeah. And so we stopped having sex, and, and, and don't worry, married couples do this too. That isn't a sign that it's over, folks. Uh, <laughs> but we stopped having sex, and uh, yeah, um, and she figured it out and left me. And yeah, so I'm in this apartment, and, uh, and I'm really fucking depressed, and uh, in my apartment, I lived, I don't know if you guys have this here anybody, but in New York, there's apartments that have trash chutes. And it's like on your floor, there's like a whole floor, you walk around, there's a closet where you open up and there's like this chute. And you're supposed to like take your fucking trash and throw it in the chute and it goes down to the basement. And I'm sure, I'm sure back in some old fancy times, there was like someone down there who collected the trash and took it out, but that's just not happening no more. Um, <laughs> in this building, the trash chute was like clogged. And you would just go and throw trash in the fucking closet all week. And it would fill with trash by the end of the week. And then some poor bastard would take it out. I don't know. But my fucking apartment shared a wall with the trash closet. Specifically, my kitchen. (laughs) So my kitchen, if you cut one corner out, that was the trash closet. You, like, walk out here. It was over here. So in my depression um a cockroach nest forms somewhere between the trash and my food and i didn't at first i didn't understand i i grew up in california and i was like we used to have fucking ants you'd like leave a cake out and there'd be ants and you wipe up the ants and fuck it it's fine But people were like, it's different. And I didn't understand. Now I do. But I didn't understand at the time the difference. And so I'm sitting there, and there's cockroaches. I first noticed them because I have these two bowls of open food for my cats, Jack and Gin, named after Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg. I was an artist. I moved to New York to do art. I named my fucking cats that shit. They were nice cats. They're awesome cats. And so, uh, yeah. So by their food cockroaches started to hang out and I would come in at night and flip on the lights classic Joe's apartment and they would run away and so I was like, oh, fuck this. I got to deal with this in some way. You know, masculine thoughts. I'm going to go get a gun of some kind and kill these motherfuckers. So I go to the local bodega on the corner, and I'm like, yo, I got fucking roaches. Like, how do I kill these things? And the guy's like, oh, I got the shit. And he brings over this little can, and it has, like, a straw sticking out of it, like a WD-40 can, which is awesome because it allows you to shoot very accurately, like, across the room. So I could be sitting in my living room playing Madden, and, like, I'd see the motherfuckers in my kitchen, like, a good 10, 15 feet away, and I could just be like, Psst, And then, like, they'd hit them. Not only was it really accurate from a far distance, it would also really violently throw them into like convulsions and seizures, which was just really rewarding. Like, that was, that was just like, yeah, motherfuckers, that's fucking right. Um, and so that I thought I'd won. This is it, man. You fucking show up, I kill you. We're fucking good. I'm, I won this. And so that's going for a while. And then my friend, I wants to Skype one night, a buddy of mine, and he knows about the roach infestation. So he's just a good friend from California. And I have my laptop. And back in the old days, uh, laptops didn't have cameras in them. There was this little camera. It was like a ball and it had little feet on it. And you put it on top of your fucking laptop and then plugged it in with a USB cable and like you could do Skype shit. And so I'm doing that and we're setting it up and a cockroach runs across my laptop and this was, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fucking closer right now. And it's not in the kitchen. It's on my lap. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like, I, I've been around him enough that I'm like, it's a, I'm going to make this funny. I'm going to get Paul, my buddy Paul, up on the Skype session and let the cockroach crawl across the camera. And do like, a, oh, no, they're taking over, like, moment. You know, like the cockroach in the screen. And like, yeah, this is be really funny. And so I'm waiting for the moment. And the cockroach goes up. And he doesn't go in front of the lens. He goes into the camera and I just have this moment where I'm like this epiphany, my first epiphany of my foe. I'm like, they can go in the fucking camera? So I grab the camera and I shake it expecting to hear one roach rattle and I hear like a fluttering of cards (laughs) and they just start spilling out like a hundred of them all over me and I jump up and I'm like freaking out, running away Oh, crazy, crazy. And so now it's fucking on. You know, I go back to the bodega. I get more fucking cans. And I'm like just killing them in fucking mass. Like finding them anywhere I can find them. I now seek them out and I'm, I'm hunting. I'm hunting now. And killing like effectively and a lot. And I'm just killing and killing and killing and killing. And I think again, fucking I got it. They're good. I solved the shit. I got them now. They're scared of me, bitches. They won't even show their face. And one day I'm sitting there playing Madden. And a motherfucker runs across the kitchen wall. And I'm like, bitch, like here now? (laughs) And he's dodging the shit. And he goes behind the fucking clock. It's like a cheap Ikea clock. And I'm like, they can go behind the fucking clock. (laughs) And I walk over and I take it off the wall and there's a circle of roaches that's like a solid, you I can't see the wall. And it's like a sun that just bursts like a fucking Indiana Jones scene across my kitchen wall. And I'm freaking out, but then I look in my hand and it's full of fucking roaches. And I lose my goddamn mind. And I just start smashing fucking roaches and just smashing and screaming and smashing. And I just have pus and blood all over my hands. And I go in the bathroom, I'm just like squeegee it off. And I like, I'm crying. And I like, I clean, I wash off, and like clean my shit off, and I go outside, and like just walk around the block, just trying to like come to grips. I mean, I literally just killed like a lot of fucking animals, and I, with my hands, And I go to the bodega and I'm like, dude, it's way bad. Like, I need your help. And he he has this bob. He's like, this will do it. But like, it's really bad. I'm like, I got you. I'm okay. So I go and I set it off in my kitchen and I take my cats and we go in my room and I shut the door and I block all the fucking edges of my bedroom door with Clothes and I open my windows because I don't want to be that fucking story in the post tomorrow that some asshole killed himself with a roach bomb. And so I'm sitting there with my fucking cats, sleep through the night, wake up the next day. And you know, at your house, this happens to all of you once in your life. You walk into your kitchen and there's a dead roach on its back, they come out to die. And I walked out and the whole floor was just covered, thousands and thousands and thousands of roaches. And so I just swept them all up and, like, with, like, made sure I cleaned all the surfaces of everything and put them all in bags. Put the bags back in the fucking trash closet where all this goddamn shit started. And the final epiphany was, like, I realized, finally, why you don't fucking live with roaches. I got really, really, really sick. And I don't know if it was the roaches living with them, although I can tell you now what roaches smell like. I know what the smell of roaches is, which I know a lot of you probably don't. California is much cleaner than New York. Um but I know the smell of roaches and I got, I went to the doctor because I got what's called pleurisy and it's an, it's an infection in your lungs and it's the only way I knew it was it's In the play Tennessee Williams wrote, uh, Glass Menagerie, it's pleurosis, where she got her nickname, Blue Roses. Um, Yes, from my stupidity of masculinity, I fucking contracted a disease that Tennessee Williams gave to fucking crippled bitches in the 1940s. (laughs)
0: Thanks so much for listening. Our live show is produced every other month at I.O. West in Hollywood by me, Joe Tower, with the help of Brian Weiss and Alex Credet. It's presented in partnership with Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Los Angeles. This podcast is produced by me, Joe Tower, and executive produced and edited by Brian Weiss. It's available on iTunes, Google Play, and also for subscription on SoundCloud along with a bunch of other great podcast content as part of the Extra Credit Network. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe and rate us, or if you hated what you heard here and want us to fuck off, leave us a review and tell us what we can do better. If you'd like to contact us directly, or if you have a story to tell in spoken or written form, you can email us at talesmalfolly at gmail.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50